See, most people are not accumulating wealth. Most people are living in poverty. Most people are living far below their potential. Not because they don't have the capacity, not because they have not been given authority and dominion over everything on the face of the earth, but most people are living like they're living because of the fact that they don't believe they can have any more than what they now have. In the book called The Miseducation of the Negro, Dr. Carter G. Woodson said, if you can determine what a man shall think, you'll never have to concern yourself with what he will do. If you can make a man feel inferior, you never have to compel him to seek an inferior status, for he will seek it himself. And if you can make a man feel justly an outcast, you never have to order him to go to the back door. He'll go without being told. And if there's no door, his very nature will demand one. That's why scripture reminds us, be ye not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. So every day you have to sell yourself and get out of your mind those old thoughts, that old belief system. Every day you've got to sell yourself on that it's possible. But you gotta put a new mind in you. You gotta get out of your mind. You gotta begin to restructure your thinking every day. You've got to begin to recondition your mind. See, let me share something with you. The easiest thing I've ever done was to earn a million dollars. The most difficult thing I've ever done was to believe it could happen to me. That was the most difficult part, to believe that given my circumstances, if my birth parents came down this aisle right now, I would not know either one if my daddy came up here or my mother came up here. Given the fact that I was born in an abandoned building on a floor, being labeled educable, mentally retarded, I remember going to see the late Dr. Norman Vincent Peale, the author of the book, The Power of Positive Thinking. And I used to look at him up on stage and I said, I could do that. I would love to talk to people. I'd love to talk to people. And I said, I could do that. But then when I started going back to my car, my mental conditioning activated itself. And it said, Les Brown, you can't do that. You don't have a college education. Les Brown, you can't do that. You don't have the training. You've never worked for a major corporation. You can't do that. What makes you think you can earn five, 10, 15, $20,000 in an hour? You don't earn that now working for two or three months. What makes you think that you can speak for AT&T, Procter & Gamble, McDonald's Corporation, General Electric? These are clients I have now. You've never even worked for them. How many have ever thought about something you wanted to do and you talk yourself out of it? Raise your hand if you know what I'm talking about. That inner conversation is what's going to haunt you after standing here and saying, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. After saying that again and again, we are more than conquerors. That inner conversation will cause you when you leave here to go back leading a life of mediocrity, leading a life of unproductivity, leading a life of poverty. So I'm going to share with you how to break out of that. Whatever it is that you want to do, ladies and gentlemen, here's something that's very key for you. There must be on your part a willingness to do what is required, a willingness. If there are 75 things to do to achieve your goal, if there's one thing on that list of 75 that you're not willing to do, I guarantee you that's the first thing that will come up for you and will kick your butt. See, I always wanted to be a speaker and a trainer. I wanted to make an indelible impact in the training industry, but I didn't want to be a businessman. I'm a first-generation entrepreneur in my family. Because I was told I was dumb and stupid most of my life, I unconsciously developed a tremendous phobia about paper. If you say, let's write me a speech, I automatically become nervous. I can't write you a speech, but I can give you a speech. 
but I can't write you one. I can't tell you the principles of speaking and what it takes, but I can demonstrate it for you. I can show you how to speak, but I can't give you a written explanation for it. I'm not smart like my sister who graduated from the University of Miami, but I have people on my staff with her education that work for me, but I can't write stuff that they write because that's not my area of strength. But so I had a fear. I felt I could not operate a business. And so I wanted to hire a consultant to take care of the details. I had given this consultant power of attorney to sign checks and handle my business. I called my consultant and said, listen, I've thought about this. It's time for me to grow. I've got to be willing to handle my own business. I want to meet with you. I need to develop a working knowledge of this. I've got to stop running from this. I've got to learn, admit my ignorance and decide it doesn't have to be like this for me. To make a long story short, my consultant canceled 14 meetings with me. And when I finally got my books back and have not seen my consultant to this day, I knew why. That thousands of funds have been embezzled from my account. Now, whatever happened in our lives, we allow it, we permit it, and we promote it. So it was just an education as my career is going up. Not coming down, but it's going up. It was just a tuition I had to pay in the universe because I wasn't willing to learn. I wasn't willing to do that. Now, here's something else that's fascinating. I said, okay, see, if you're not willing to grow in life, life will kick your butt until you surrender. So I said, okay, okay, I'm willing to learn. And here's what I discovered. It's not as hard as I thought it would be. It has blown my mind. I've been running from things that I consider difficult. And if I had known it was it's this simple, I'd have been doing it long before. But I wasn't willing to grow. I wasn't willing. I didn't have the willingness to do everything that was required. And therefore, it kicked my butt. So you've got to decide to grow. See, most people won't, won't try and grow. Now, why, why wasn't I willing to do that, ladies and gentlemen? Because I didn't want to fail. I didn't want to look stupid. I didn't want to admit the fact that I didn't know something. 85% of people in life allow their fear of failure to outweigh their desire to succeed. See, if you know how to do something right, well, it only makes sense to do it right. But see, I wasn't willing to be a businessman badly. See, if you want to make it in life, here's how you can begin to make your goal, ladies and gentlemen. Decide to make your life a great experiment. See, most people want experiment, ladies and gentlemen. Most people want to be perfect when they come out the gate. Most people want to do things right all the time. You're not going to do everything right. You're going to make a lot of mistakes. You're going to have a lot of failures. You're going to have a lot of struggles. You're going to feel dumb and ask questions and don't know what to do or where to go. And that's part of growing. That's part of the experimentation process. See, life is about living. Life is about growing. Life is about challenging self. Life is about stretching. So think about that. Decide to make your life an experiment. Decide to take some chances and come out in the universe and find out what you're made of. Another challenging area in terms of nurturing and developing that hunger in yourself is learning the art of becoming single-minded. Learning how to concentrate. Learning how to focus in. And you'll be surprised at the things that you're able to do. When you learn how to block things out, when you learn how to keep thine eyes single, you'll be surprised of the ideas that will come to you, of the people that you'll be able to attract, of the opportunities that you'll be able to see. You'll begin to see things that have been standing there looking you in the face and saying, I can't believe this has been here all this time. Here's a habit that I do. Maybe it might be of some value to you. I get up in the morning and I start writing what great ideas that I can think of today that can improve me 
and that will enable me to reach my goal. And I just let my mind flow. Sometimes I write 15, 20 ideas. Some days it's more difficult than others. It was Whitney Young, he said, it's better to be prepared for an opportunity and not have one than to have an opportunity and not be prepared. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Most people never achieve their goals because most people suffer from possibility blindness. They look, about, they look around trying to think about the things that they don't have. Robert Roots, young man who wrote a book about <laughs> success principles of the three little pigs, he said, it's not what you don't have, it's what you think you need that keeps you from being successful or happy in life. It's not what you don't have. See, I was focused on what I didn't have don't have a college degree, don't have any credentials, never worked for a major corporation. I was focused on the negative things. I said, negative things are the things that you see when you're not focused on your goal. What do you come with? What is it? A friend of mine, Dexter Yeager, said, when the dream is big enough, the odds don't matter. I'm reminded of a great man. When I was reading Time magazine, talking about some of the great minds of the last century, they, they didn't mention his name, Dr. Howard Thurman, one of the mentors of Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr., and, also an advisor to Mahatma Gandhi and, and Albert Schweitzer. And he said, the ideal situation for a man or woman to die is to have family members standing around their bed praying with them as they cross over. But imagine, if you will, being on your deathbed and standing around your bed, the dreams given to you by life, the ideas that you never acted on, the talents, the gifts, the abilities that you never used. And there they are, standing around your bed, looking at you with large, angry eyes, saying, we came to you, and only you could have given us life, and now we must die with you forever. And the question is, if you died this very moment, what will die with you? What dreams, what ideas, what talents, what leadership potential, what greatness that you showed up to bring, that you allowed fear or procrastination to hold you back. Perhaps that's why Henry David Thoreau wrote the words, Oh God, to reach the point of death, only to realize that you've never lived, only to realize that you've never scraped the surface of your potential. When you don't have a true appreciation in acceptance for who you are, and you allow yourself to be immobilized by fear, what happens in the process is that you begin to abuse yourself. You begin to sabotage your life, you begin to sabotage your dreams, you begin to unconsciously work against yourself. 
You become your own worst enemy. So what do you do about that? Well, you, you begin to realize that your dream and your gifts have so much meaning and so much value for you till your hunger for them will begin to push you past the fear. Your hunger to have them will give you a special drive. As you work on yourself, as you begin to acknowledge your true identity, the true power that you have, the true capacity you have to bring about change, the miracle working power that you have within yourself to do the things that you want to do. When you take them on, I'm reminded of a man who, this gentleman was doing a special study of a special tribe in Africa, headhunters. And he had difficulty in developing a relationship with these tribesmen because of the fact that he had fear. He had fear they would take his head. So he worked there for a long time with no effort, no progress in developing a relationship and rapport and being able to achieve a level of trust. So finally one night while he was in bed, he was thinking about it. I said, what, what is it that you came here to do? What is your life work as a missionary? He said, I wanted to study these tribesmen. I said, what's the worst thing that they can do to you? Kill you. And he just decided, hey, this is what I came here to do. I know that there's some risk involved, and I'm going to do it, come what may. He said, I'm not going to be afraid anymore. He went back the next day, and he started doing the work and trying to talk to and interview many of the members of this tribe, and they began to respond to him. They threw out the welcome mat to him. And years later, when people came to see what his progress was, they asked him, how were you able to do this? How did you convert the relationship from being hostile to that of being positive? And he said something I think has value for all of us. He said, when life can no longer threaten you with death, he said, what else is there? And the majority of the fears that we have are not life or death fears. They're not those kind of fears. But through our imagination, we blow them out of proportion and we give them more power than they actually have or deserve and we permit them to govern our lives. We permit them to determine how far we can stretch out on our dreams and discovering our stuff. And as we begin to look at ourselves and, and begin to wait a minute, just getting to the point as you assess yourself and, and begin to prove yourself and just say, wait, hold a minute, hold a minute. I've been sweating this out. What can, what's the worst thing that can happen to me on this? Will it kill me? Will I die? Why, why am I going through all of these changes over this? How much power does this really have? And am I the one that's feeding the power into it? See, a lot of times we, we allow ourselves to be fed and to be programmed into to being afraid. I mean, you watch the news and read the newspaper, you'll be scared to come out the house. <laughs> am I right? You'll be afraid. So what kinds of things, what kinds of thoughts are you feeding your consciousness? What kind of things are you putting in your mind that will enable you to either move forward or to justify why you're staying where you are. I remember when I ran for state representative in Columbus, Ohio, and I had a lot of people telling me, and you gotta watch not only the conversation within, but the conversation without. 
telling me, Les, you can't possibly win. You can't do that. And I went down to the legislature and I saw myself. I knew what I wanted. I saw myself in the chair. I pointed out the chair that I wanted. I used to go and sit up in the galleries and watch the legislative process. I used to go to the committee meetings and listen to legislation being introduced. I learned how to write legislation, how to amend legislation. I start thinking like a legislator, got up every day dressing, thinking like that, selling myself on it, seeing myself in the legislature. Mr. Speaker, I'm the gentleman from the 29th House District. I'd like to introduce a bill. I went in the legislature, walked around. I had the experience of it. And when I ran and won against overwhelming odds, they were shocked. I won the election even before it was held because I was living it in my mind. You want to see yourself beyond your circumstances. You've got a challenge, see yourself beyond your challenge. See yourself with the challenge already resolved. And knowing that all is well, seeing yourself in control and in charge of your destiny, being healthy and happy. The next thing is, it is important in the area of motivating yourself, it's important to know why you're doing it. Because that mind will say, why bother? Why go through all this? This is too hard. No, throw in the tower. It's not worth it. Has it ever said that to you before? Here's how you can handle that. Here's how you override that. Write down five reasons why you deserve it. Why do you deserve what you want? Why you? Why do you deserve it? What meaning and value will it bring to your life? What's so different about you that you deserve your goal? or this goal. And when you write down those five reasons, when you have some down moments and you're going to have them, when that conversation starts talking to you and it's going to talk to you, what you will do is you can pull that out and read it and it will build you up. It will be your rod and your staff to comfort you through some challenging moments because you're going to have some. Life will knock you between the eyes. It will catch you on the blind side, come out of nowhere, stuff you can't anticipate that will knock the wind out of you. You want to give up. That's why it's important for you to work on yourself, listening to tapes, building yourself up, talking to yourself with power, feeling, and conviction, building yourself up day in and day out because it's coming. <laughs> I guarantee you, life is just waiting. Oh, he's doing good now, huh? Very good. I remember I had an experience. I was pursuing my dream. And that's why you have to work on yourself. You don't know what's going to happen. And I was telling people, I had this big rally I had to do with 5,000 people there. And I said, you must work on yourself. If you want a larger vision, you've got to empower yourself continuously. Because life will catch you on the blind side.